theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. That's my prayer. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Just like he did on the day of Pentecost. My name is Akil Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor here at Extraordinary Church. You've heard us say it, but we believe it. It's a part of our DNA. We believe that we are the perfect church for imperfect people. We don't believe in religion because religion isn't transforming anybody's life, but a relationship with Jesus Christ, an authentic one with Jesus Christ and with others is what transforms us. And we are so glad that you are here today. You're in a safe place and you are loved. Also, by faith, we believe and declare that we are the fastest growing church in Canada, reaching the world. Praise God. We're so thankful that you're here today celebrating with us on this Friends and Family Day. The party will get popping in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want you to just give me 60 seconds to acknowledge a special group of people. This week, we have hosted young missionaries uh, that are high school students and college-age students from the United States. They have come, this Apostolic Youth Corps, they have been with us and We have partnered with our strategic partners serving, and we have been making an impact in our community. Yesterday, we were out and just giving away free ice cream with an ice cream truck, serving people and inviting them to come. We partnered with Havens, Toronto, and Scott Mission. I'm telling you, we had a great time seeing this city, but they have come and blessed us and invested in what God is doing here in the greater Toronto area. And to our AYCers, and in particular, there he is, Pastor Kyle and Janessa. There she is there. We shout you all out. Thank you so very much. Thank you. We also want to give a special shout out to Imani Nangoma, who is the youth president here in Ontario, for being with us this weekend. We're super delighted. And all of our team, thank you so much for everybody who has worked tirelessly and prepared not only for this week, but for today. I'm going to start my timer uh, so that that way I will make sure that I'm on track here. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles or your Bible apps if you have a Bible app on your phone or your tablet. Uh, If you don't have a Bible app on your phone or tablet, go ahead and get you a Bible app on there. We also want you to know that uh, if we have any kids here, your kids are more than welcome to stay here. But downstairs, we have amazing things happening for your kids, two years of age through fifth grade. They're having an amazing time. Uh, Pastor Kyle, you inspired me last night. And so um, both of you all did, actually. So I said, you know what? They gave me some preaching material. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to preach. So let's look at Hebrews 11, chapter Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Oh, you know what we do? I forgot. I'm so excited about Friends and Family Day. Praise God. Do me a favor. Lift that Bible or that Bible app up in the air. And I just want you to repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. You believe that thing, I can tell, and I give God praise for that. Hebrews 11 and 6, simple, but without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. I want you to see it this way. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and, he, and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Praise God. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this message to you this afternoon. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Would you help me pray? Jesus, help me today to articulate in this space and place what you've revealed to me. I pray a spirit of wisdom and revelation would rest upon this house today. Help me to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. And I pray that people who might be far off would be drawn near to you. And those that are near to you, you pull into an intimate space today. We'll give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? You may be seated in the presence of God. One of the things that we want you to know about Extraordinary Church is that we are a place filled with faith. We know that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. We believe God can raise the dead. We believe He can heal blinded eyes. We believe He can turn your situation around. I'm thankful for that. And I want you to know that what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. And we're here to help you at Extraordinary Church uh, explore the spiritual side of life. EC is a place at every stage uh, that we can help you in your spiritual journey. It's a place where you can belong even before you believe. And while our ministry, what we believe to be is innovative, what we believe about God is not. EC is a Bible-based church. That means we seek to believe and practice what is explicitly taught in Scripture. If it's in the book, I'm all about it. If it's not in the book, I'm not interested in it. And what we think about God is absolutely the most critical and the most important thing about our lives. Our conception of God and the thoughts about God we think and entertain will massively be, will be massively important in determining, I want you to hear me, the kind of life we live and the spiritual future you will have. I want you to think about that for a moment. Your conception of God and your thoughts about God and the things that you entertain will massively determine the kind of life you live and the spiritual future you're going to have. And we're living in a season where I believe the enemy, the assignment that he's operating in now is to negatively impact our minds and how we think about God. There is an attack of the enemy that I see happening where he's trying to shake the confidence we have in God. It's what I call God-fidence. Once they change our perspective of God and affect our ability to trust God, we are living in what the Bible says of the last days that many men's or men's hearts will fail for fear. I just want you to know that fear does not come from God. 
I have Bible to tell you that fear does not come for God. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I'm telling you, God has not given you a spirit of fear. If you have a spirit of fear, it came from hell, not from God. And if you don't want it, send it back to the pit of hell from which it came in the name of Jesus. God does not give us fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Praise God. And what we have to do, EC Famine friends, is we have to choose at this moment, what do we think about God? See, we have to choose at this moment. In this season, you have got to make a decision. I'm going to protect my mind. I'm going to guard the thoughts. You got to be careful what you listen to. You got to be careful what you entertain. You got to be careful what you allow into the atmosphere. Can I tell you, if faith is in the atmosphere, anything can happen. If negativity is in the atmosphere, if cynicism is in the atmosphere, if critical attitudes are in the atmosphere, faith will dry up. That's not the will of God, though. God is a God who gives us power, love, and a sound mind. The Bible talks about the spiritual warfare that we're engaged in, and I don't mean to go this direction, but I just want to just let everybody know that we are engaged in a spiritual war. You and I do have an enemy. You might not realize it, but the book of Ephesians tells us how we are to dress. And he says this, Paul says this to the church of Ephesus. He says, hey, the, uh, that there are these fiery darts that are going to come to you. They're going to come after you. That means that these fiery darts are real. They're like heat-seeking missiles, and Satan will send them to you in an attempt to poison your thinking and to reduce your trust in God. But Paul also tells us that we have some armor that we can wear, and that's why you have to lift up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the devil being sent your way. And then all you have to do is open up your mouth and tell hell what Job did. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We also know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now is not the time for us to cower in fear. Fear does not come from God. And if you lay down or wake up or walk through life uh, and just feel like you're overwhelmed with panic and anxiety and you're losing sleep, you need to send that back to the pit of hell from which it came because the Bible says that fear torments us, but it is not the will of God that you be tormented. This is why the enemy plays with us. And he, 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 if we're not careful, he'll convince us that God is against us. Let me just help you out right now. God is not against you. God is not out to get you. God loves you. God is not waiting to punish you. There is no, since your encounters with God don't have to be ominous. The enemy wants you to think that, you know what, God is not pleased. Can I tell you, he loves you just the way that you are. 
This is why we say at Extraordinary Church, God is not interested in perfection. This is why I love the Word of God, because the Bible is not only the truth, but it tells the truth about people. You will find people in there that are broke, busted, and disgusted, can't get right, can't figure it out, but God, who is rich in His mercy, still uses them in their humanity. God still moves from them. God still redeems them. I'm telling you, you don't have to have it all together. You just need to know there is a God who has it all together and his love is perfect and it casts out fear cast out fear and so fear does not have the ability or I shouldn't say don't allow it to torment you God hasn't given us the spirit of fear but of love praise God see God is not the issue because the reality of it is if it had not been for God we all be dead <laughs> if we all got what we deserved we have a devil's hell but the enemy wants to twist our thinking, and he wants to cause us to reduce our faith and trust and belief in God. And today what I want to do is show you a couple of uh, interesting scenarios in Scripture that will help you understand what you think about God is important and how your thought life will impact your life. I'm telling you, how many of you know your thought life will impact your life? See, I wish some of y'all, y'all got to get this. If you get anything, it took me a while to get this in faith. But when I began to understand this, I allowed the Word of God to rewire how I think about things, how I think about people. I make declarations. People will say stuff to me. Did you see what so-and-so just did? And I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see it. I pray and declare, God, help me to see, and I choose to see the best in people, even though they might be, yes, there are times in my humanity, they get on my last nerves, as I'm sure I get on your last nerves. But I'm telling you, you can rewire through the Word of God how you think and come into alignment with what God has for you. And I'm going to compare and contrast these two. I want you to look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from them. Uh-oh, I think I might have forgot to hit my alarm. I got, it, got the timer going now. and I've, I got a clock. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Now, just stick with me here, because this, this, this is just leaping off the page to me. So, notice it's Sabbath, Okay. Uh, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him, they were shocked, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work. Oh, my God. He could do no mighty work. In other words, uh, if you look up mighty work, it talks about deutimus, this power. There was no manifestation of the power of God to speak of there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now, look at this. This is fascinating. And he marveled 
at their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. There's only two times where it says God marveled. In other words, he was literally staggered by their unbelief. He found himself in an atmosphere of unbelief, even though the God who put the world together was standing right there in their midst. They could not see it, thus they did not believe it. Now watch this. Watch this. What you believe about God will determine who he can be for you and what he can do to and through you. He's standing in the midst of people who should above all others be more positioned to receive the blessing of heaven. This is where Jesus was born. This is where Jesus was raised. This is where Jesus lived. If any people should be hungry for God and know that he is God in the flesh, it should be the Nazareth, those from Nazareth. But instead of them believing him as God, they chose to look at him as the son of Mary? Instead of seeing him as the Christ, instead of seeing him as the firstborn of many brothers, they looked at him and said, is that the brother of James? Judas? Joseph? And his sisters who hang in with us? Instead of looking at him and seeing him as the Christ, they looked at him and saw him as a carpenter. And because he taught with great wisdom and power and healed a few people, they were offended. Why were they offended? What in the world does that even mean? It means that when he began to operate in the supernatural, they were trapped and fell into a fixed paradigm because they only knew him after the natural. How can you operate in the supernatural when what you know is by the natural? You're Mary's son. That's partly true but he's also God. And if you only see him as Mary's son and you don't recognize the deity of Christ, he can only build you a bench with a piece of wood in the natural because he's a carpenter. My God, I feel like... But if you understand he's God in the flesh and you know he's the Alpha and Omega, you know there's no disease he can't heal. You know there's no marriage he can't fix. You know there's no soul he can't turn around. You know there's no life he can't resurrect. If you know him to be God, give him praise. Come on and give him glory because he is the great I am. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. He is a God who is able. He's not just a carpenter. My God, he's more than a carpenter. And here is what I want you to understand about Nazareth. Hear me. He never goes back. Never goes back. Scripture tell, never tells us of a time when Jesus goes back to Nazareth. It's his hometown. It's where he was raised. Wouldn't go back there. I could preach that too. Some of us don't need to go back. Oh my God, don't get, you don't need to, you need to quit looking over your shoulder. You need to quit looking in your rearview mirror. Okay, you don't got to keep it real. You need to leave that relationship where it is back there. You need to leave that boo bay that's dragging you away from God back there. 
You need to leave that job that didn't work out back there. You need to stop staring in your rearview mirror and start looking ahead for what God has to you. Start looking to the author and finisher of your faith because your, great, your greater days are ahead of you and not behind you. Don't let the enemy get you fixed on your past. It might not have worked out. They might not have received it. You pick them up and put them down and keep walking forward in faith. There's something about the people in Nazareth where they put a lid, a limit on the power of God. Hear me. What they thought about Jesus hindered them from being everything he could. What they thought about Jesus hindered him from being everything he came to be for them. So what does God want to do for you today, fam? What does God want to be in your life? What is he waiting to release in your spirit that he can't because we're too busy living in Nazareth? What does God want to do? I want to help somebody. God is trying to deal with a Nazareth people. See, Nazareth people are the people who don't deny Jesus. They just reduce him. You don't deny his existence. You just reduce him to a carpenter. See, you, you're going to have to honor him, though, because he won't stay in an environment where he's not honored. That's why he's not just Mary's son. He's not just another man. He's the God-man, God wrapped in the flesh from the foundations of the world, the very express image of God, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that extraordinary church, you're in an environment where we honor God. We know who he is. His arm is not short that it might not save. His power has no limitations. He is a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask. This is not just another man. And if you and I are Nazareth people, it means that we have just enough respect to go and hear what he has to say. But we don't have enough faith to believe that when all hell is breaking loose and when pain is racking our bodies, that he has the power to turn it around. See, he's not just a God who sympathizes. I know he's been touched by our infirmities. He will sympathize. But he's a God who will heal your body and heal your mind and set the darkest captive free. I know what I'm talking about because I was one of those. He pulled me out of depression. He pulled me out of suicidal thoughts. He pulled me out of dysfunction. You would not recognize me if you went through my bio and seen what God has done in my life. I'm telling you, I have no limitations on God. I want him to save, and he can save the drug addict. He can deliver the person from incarceration. He can use a high school dropout. He can use a philanthropist. He can use the college educated. It makes no difference if you're Muslim, Catholic, Buddhist, Hindu. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life and a purpose. Take God out of the box. He cannot be contained. He wants to move in your life. Whether you're young, whether you're old, it makes no difference. Whether you're black, white, yellow, red, purple, green, blue, it makes no difference. God wants to use you. Take the limits off. Take the limits off and let God do what he wants to do in your life. 
Thank you, Jesus. See, I know why I'm here this afternoon. Because I want more of them. I could have stayed home, but I want to be in the presence of God. I want to hear his voice. I, I want to feel his touch. I want to know his power. I want the sick to be healed and the lost to be found. I want broken homes to be put back together. I want to know that, I want him to know that in my life, Jesus is the best thing on planet earth. Nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like my God. There's none to his right. There's none to his left. And if you're living in a Nazareth mentality, He'll just be another who won't be able to fulfill the plan that he has for you in your life. Now, I want you to hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought, and I want to show you something else. And I'm doing good on time, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm already halfway. I'm, I'm cruising down. I ain't ready to land the plane yet, but... You know, soon, soon, I'll be able to welcome you to the GTA. Look at Matthew 8 and 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, Pastor Kyle, we were talking about Capernaum. This city fascinates me when I saw this. I thought, so much happens in Capernaum. I'm getting ahead of myself, but this blew my mind. Remember I told you how he would keep going? I didn't see this until later. He sets up shop in Capernaum. He... This is like his headquarters. After Nazareth, he closes the door on Nazareth. I wish I could tell you the importance of Capernaum. I just, I'm going I'm to preach a message on it, but watch this. Now, when Jesus enters Capernaum, a centurion comes to him. Keep in mind now, keep in mind. A centurion comes in pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Stick with me now. Watch what's happening. Dude is pleading, begging, Lord Jesus, please, my servant is at home paralyzed. He's dreadfully tormented. And Jesus says, I'm going to come and heal him. That's what he's done. Okay? And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. Be nice for the work with our kids, praise God. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. No, I've got great kids, I'm just saying. I just, it was just an opportunity for a joke, really, really, it really was. Honestly, I've got great kids. I'm just, I'm going to hear about this. It was, an op it was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. I already feel the shade. It was a bad joke. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let's first understand two things. One, where Jesus was, and two, who Jesus is talking to. He's in Capernaum, right? Which is a fishing village that is full of both Jews and Gentiles. And this man, who is a Gentile, happens to walk up to Jesus, okay? A centurion. He is a Roman soldier, a Roman captain, over a hundred Roman soldiers. This man is not a Jew. He's not even necessarily next on Jesus' calendar or itinerary. But hunger will position you for an appointment with the King of glory. Even if you're not next, your hunger can cause you to become next. 
You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. Even if you are not next, your hunger and desperation can cause you to become next. Oh, my God. You need to look at somebody. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm next. Oh, my. You got to say it like you believe it. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm next because I'm the hungry one. I'm the desperate one. I'm going to be the one that's going to pull on God. I'm not going to let anybody get in my way, on my right or on my left. I need to have God in my life. I got to have him right now. I'm desperate. I'm passionate. I'm broken. I need God. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And so watch this. See, what I want you to understand is, whew, I don't care how many times you've jacked up, jacked it up, messed it up. I don't care how many appointments you've missed. I don't care how many times you've blown it. If you stay hungry, let me say like this, hungry. If you stay hungry, hunger will help you become next on God's calendar. Watch this. So look at Matthew 8 and 9. He says, for I am I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and then my servant do this, and he does it. This is what this, in, this, is what this centurion is processing. He's saying authority, watch this, causes words to make things happen. Oh, God. Y'all know I'm a faith preacher. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Authority causes words to make things happen. I need you to stay with me, babe, because we talked about this. Recently, we had Bishop Alan Shaw with us, and he taught on spiritual authority. <laughs> authority causes your words to make things happen. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, void, darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, not God did, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Why? Because God said. You have to understand, he had authority. Oh my God. You need to understand you too have authority. If you've been born again of the water and spirit, the Bible tells us that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. In other words, what's under his feet is under your feet too. You have authority. Okay. I thought I was. I thought I was going to get a better response, but I ain't mad. No, it's all good. Praise. That was one of those points that I highlighted. I can show you. I was like, this is going to go over well. Praise. I thought somebody might get up and shout about that. Praise God. But so many people live in defeat because they think what is written will help them. But it can't help you until you open up your mouth and say what God already said. You think I'm playing? When we came here and God called me here, I went after he gave me that vision. I went to the highest elevated point in Mississauga. The Lord prompted me because I was thinking about it. He just put it in my spirit. 
AYC. And he said, well, don't just think about it, say it. I said, God, send the Apostolic Youth Corps here to the greater Toronto area to help us have revival and growth. And guess what? It came to pass. They're here right now. I'm telling you, you better declare what God has given you to declare. So this centurion looks at Jesus and says, you don't have to come to my house and heal this kid. See, that's what, we could go right. Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to come heal. I'm going to come to your house and come heal. And the centurion is like, no, 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 no. You don't got to come to my house. All you have to do is say the word. Watch this. Because I understand authority. He said, I... He said, Jesus, I, I tell my servants to go and they go. I tell them to come and they come. I tell them to do it and they do it. And I look at you, Jesus. The Messiah, God in the flesh. I can tell you have all authority of heaven. You have all power in heaven and earth. And I see it it's so much that I believe my words cause my servants to do what I say. Then your words will cause the power to heal my servant who ain't even here, but, but because you are right here, you can speak and where he is, he'll be healed. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Help me, Jesus. I'm telling you, he can speak and the situation will change in your home. He'll speak and the situation will change in your body. He'll, oh my God, I'm telling you, he's a healer. Somebody needs to hear me today. Pastor Kyle is standing up because the doctor said he wouldn't be here. But I'm telling you, God said, are you by, your, by my stripes, you are healed. I'm telling you, God is a healer. He's good and you got to take him at his word. So here's what Jesus does. And I'm hurrying. Look at verse 10. When Jesus heard it, Jesus like, he did what? Look at it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. The second time, he marveled. Remember the first time? Oh, God help me. He was, bl he was blown away at their lack of faith. The second time, the second time. And the babies are fine. This sign of life, praise God. He marveled. He looked at a Gentile. And the Gentile made a connection. You know when you get that illumination, that light bulb, revelation goes off. He said, if I declare it, my authority causes it to happen. Jesus, I'm looking at you, and I declare you to be God in the flesh. And because you are who you are... If you declare my servant to be healed, then they will be healed. I'm thankful for the whole Bible. I believe in the whole Bible. But one scripture can set you free. <laughs> one word from God. One word from God. Jesus steps back and is like, oh, wait a second. He tells everybody around him, I haven't found faith like this in all of Israel. <laughs> now, hear me. This tells me something about what you're thinking. It matters and it's known to God what you think.
I don't want anybody to be offended with this, but there's levels of faith. Now, here's the good news. Everyone can access this kind of faith, but not everyone is willing and courageous to access that kind of faith. Some people have enough faith to just be saved. That's all the faith they want to exercise. You see Jesus as salvation, period. End of sentence. Hear me out now. Hear me out. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But you, when you put that period there, you're putting a finish line there. Let me help you out. Salvation is the launching pad. Salvation is not where you end up. Salvation is where we begin. Oh, my God. We have come to see the kingdom of God restored. He did not come just to save us and give us a get-out-of-hell card. He came to restore the kingdom. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is here. And you would think, well, pastor, why do you got to preach this supernatural stuff? Why do you got to preach this? Can't you just chill and relax? No, 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 no. I can't because if Paul wanted us to just chill and relax, he would not have said, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. I'm telling you, salvation is the baseline. Oh, God. But unprecedented miracles, signs, and wonders are the kingdom expectation. When I hear verses of Scripture like that, I don't think to myself, well, I serve a really tame God. I don't think that at all. I think to myself, God can do anything. Anything. You think I'm playing? I could preach this till I'm, but I've seen him do it in my life. I'm telling you, I've seen God give me vehicles. I ain't talking about, I know some people pray to be approved because you're credit. We ain't going to talk about that. I ain't talking about, Lord, let me get approved for financing. I'm talking about, God, this is what I need. And God gave me a, God just put it on somebody's heart, gave me a cashier's check to go to the dealership and pay cash for the car. I'm telling you, we serve, don't put God in a box. God doesn't just want to do a life and do a work in your life. He wants to do it in your family. He wants to do it in your children. It's not just about you. It's about your children's children. It's not just about your children's children. It's about your neighborhood. It's about your community. And I'm here to declare the kingdom of God is here in the greater Toronto Hamilton area. Give me Canada. I declare this nation for the kingdom of God. I'm going to prophesy and say it some more. We will have hospitals. We will have 36 campuses. We will have schools and academic centers. We'll have rehabilitation programs. We will affect this world for the glory of God. You wait. It's going to happen. And then he stops and he says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Let me just tell you. Now, if you're a Jew, this is everything. By the way, there's a fabulous book that I want to encourage you to read if you like to read these things. Sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus. It'll change everything. If you're a Jew, Abraham, Jacob, 
Isaac, there be no other place you want to sit. <laughs> no other place. And he says to this Gentile, get ready for the party. Because you're going to be sitting with them. <sighs> That's why he can call me. <sighs> he can call somebody else. He can call liberals, conservatives. He can call independents. He can call people incarcerated. He can call people that are out here living free but not really free. And guess what? When he calls you... <clears throat> When he calls you and he fills you with his spirit and you're baptized in his name, you too will be sitting with Abraham, Isaac. What am I trying to tell you? The kingdom of God is for everybody. The kingdom of God is a great place to find your place. The kingdom of God is for everyone. So, this is amazing. And then Jesus says to this centurion, go your way. Verse 13. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And watch this. His servant was healed that same hour. Now watch this. Up until this point, everybody that Jesus healed, he went to go visit and he touched them. He would go, to, remember he said, I'm going to come to your house. He said, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to heal them. Everybody that Jesus healed up until this point, he goes to their house. But this man had such faith. He said, all you got to do is speak the word. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with having faith for somebody to come lay hands on you and be healed. But there's some people that got enough faith in this place where you understand you can just open up the Bible and speak the Word of God. I'm telling you right now, you can take God at His Word because you know He is a healer. And I'm telling you, if you'll take God at His Word, you'll find cancer dried up. You'll find diabetes calm. You'll find God doing a work in your life because faith will unlock the move of God. God is moved by faith. I want us to stand. I got to hurry. I'm done. Musicians, why don't you come on real quick. Thank you so much for joining us online. We're so glad that you came online, and if it's still not too late, you can get here right now for this party. It's about to go down. Come on over and get you something to eat. Praise God. We're going to have a good time. I won't look at you and be shady like, now, where are you? See you. Come on. Come on. We're going to have a great time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.